news for November 10th, 2023. I am Brett Burney from appsinlaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. We want to say thank you to our sponsor, Lit Software, for hanging out with us today. We'll talk a little bit more about Transcript Pad, their uh, fantastic app for managing transcripts here in a little bit. But first, let's get to the important news. You know, sometimes Apple releases these emergency updates. Jeff, to iOS, such as 17.1.1, you know, to fix uh, to fix things like zero day security patches, you know, to update things. But even more importantly, <laughs> they released it to fix the snow glitch that everybody was having. I I got now, this. Let's I didn't know what everybody. this was. <laughs> yeah, let's not say everybody, Brett. Suffice it to say that the right. snow glitch had zero effect on my life. But uh, <laughs> I saw that, you know, it's funny. Okay. Okay. That that's very fair. That's true because you don't have it down there, but I think I was traveling to Chicago and I, I'm showing the picture on the screen right now. And sure enough, I have a little weather widget on the front of my lock screen, right? So it shows what the temperature is. And sure enough, all of a sudden it had this weird wonky little document, little icon on it. And I was like, what in the world is, is this going on? I thought the weather app was just, you know, being a little flunky or something. And I tried rebooting that. I tried rebooting the phone and it still was there sure enough i had no idea that this was something apple was very keen to fix as soon as absolutely possible so that's the idea is that it, it <laughs> yeah. should have been showing a snow icon and instead was just exactly. showing like a, a generic document icon wow that's a big uh <laughs> therefore I guess they the don't snow have that much glitch. snow down there in cupertino california either this so is, maybe this they didn't is important <laughs> jeff this is why so 17.1.1 was just i think i updated yesterday right everything mm -hmm. so okay there's some other things as well, but the snow glitch, yeah. very the snow important. Glitch. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that has been updated. What, what else uh, did they fix in this? I'm trying to figure it out now. So there was the Apple, well, in, in the uh, in iOS, that was the only one big one I saw was the snow okay. glitch and then just some other little security updates. And then they uh, they issued security updates for some of the other devices as well. The Apple Watch one looked like it could be interesting because apparently some people were experiencing that their Apple Watch was draining battery power yeah. faster than you would expect. And nobody wants that to happen. I mean, Apple Watches unless you have a big ultra size like you do, you know, you want your actual Apple Watch to last all day long and anything oh, yeah. that's going to interfere with that is not a good idea. So I'm glad that, you know, this is a perfect use of, like you say, Brett, this sort of emergency, let's get them out super quick, you know, point something, point one, point something, right, point two, right. you know, get those right. things out quickly and get stuff, uh, get stuff fixed. Yeah, I mean, to your point, this was, so this is watchOS 10.1.1. And actually, my son uses, I think it's still an Apple Watch 5 right now, one of my hand-me-downs. And he mm -hmm. was very excited about this. I don't know how much it's going to fix his version. I didn't tell him that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to but, have an Apple Watch that old, I'm sure the battery is not as right. good anymore. Yeah. But he was excited to see that, yes, okay, it could fix any, if there's any kind of additional battery drain that doesn't need to be on there, you know, that's something that we can, uh, that, that can be fixed. So that's iOS 17.1.1. It goes very quick. The update went very quickly for me, like a lot mm -hmm. of these, you know, very small updates do. Watch OS 10.1.1. And then you also linked to HomePod uh, OS 17.1.1, or at least that's a lot in conjunction with iOS, right? That uh, yeah. you want, want to update your HomePods as well, Jeff. It'll make uh, Siri more responsive. Keep in mind, though, that updating a HomePod, it, it's tough to do those manually. Yeah. You know, first you need to update the, uh, the iPhone. And then, I mean, if you want to try to trigger it manually, you can go into the Home app and select your speaker and try to do it. But I find that it's, uh, you know, just letting it happen on its own accord is just as well as, you know, it may take a day or two, but it'll eventually get over there.
Yeah, that's kind of similar to like the AirPods updates, right? I don't know if there was an AirPod update necessarily. Well, AirPods, yeah, there's no way to trigger yeah. them at all. You just have to wait right. for it to happen. And, th- and you're right, there actually was an AirPod update this week. I, I haven't oh, even okay. checked to see. I haven't even I checked know. to see if mine was updated or not because they don't tell you what they fixed and they don't. T- but you know, you could go online and find out what the new firmware number is and go into right, the about right. box on your iPhone and figure out if you got the new one. But uh, but you know, it's it's transparent stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that Apple yeah. continues to fix this stuff behind the scenes. Don't I know. Get me wrong, but you know, not much fanfare. Well, that's it. I guess on these AirPod updates, we've said this several times before on the podcast, I know. It's like, hey, just relax. It'll update on its own. Like, they got it handled. And that's good on one end. But I think just the nerdy, you know, side of me is like, wait a minute. No, I want to know exactly what's going on. And I want to know exactly when they're going to be updated. And there really isn't any way to follow that except exactly what you just said. Kind of manually figure out the firmware number and go into the year about. I don't know. And, you know, the the AirPods have to be connected to the phone. It's a little bit of a mystery of exactly how it updates. And, And Anyway, that when you were talking about the home pods, it made me think about that as well. Yeah. On there. Uh, you know, if Siri, by the way, happens to mispronounce your name, uh, you can just maybe send an email to Tim Cook, you know, pick up the phone, call Mr. Cook and say, sure, Can you get call. Siri? Yeah, just you know, hey, Siri, you know, if it's okay. Uh, we just, I just want to like, you know, it's, it's uh, Mac Adams and not McAdams, right? You know, just, just to change it a little bit. Uh, that may not work unless you are, uh, the glorious, uh, Barbara Streisand <laughs> with an S. <laughs> I didn't even really know this was a thing, but apparently it, she insists that it is Streisand as in the sand on a beach, right? And not a Z as in Streisand. But apparently she who shall not be named was mispronouncing Miss uh, Bar- Bar- Barbara's name, and so she said, "What is this? An interview or or some kind of a uh, from BBC?" She's like, "Yeah, I just I just connected with Tim Cook and just said, can you get Siri to say my name correctly?'" And it worked. <laughs> yeah, it I was just. A, I think she was being interviewed on something else by a BBC reporter, and she just happened to sort of throw it out there. And and it's funny because in the video, the reporter goes ahead and asks a question to Siri that would trigger right. the response of Barbara Streisand, Streisand, and but it actually says Streisand. it correctly. It says yeah. Barbara Streisand, so it apparently works. I have to admit, it is sort of funny that you know the the rich and famous live a different life for the rest of us, and you know yeah. when they need tech support, they just call Tim Cook, which is yeah, not something exactly not an option available. <laughs> to the rest of us but it is funny that it's out there so i'm glad that siri will now pronounce barbara's last name correctly our long national year has come to yeah that in the snow glitch over i i think you know my life can go on today and it's good (laughs) i i do like in the video she does recognize that she quotes uh it's one perk of fame yeah she can connect with tim cook to be fair if if you haven't watched the video she's good natures about it it. she realizes that this is sort of a special privilege that she has and she's she's not trying to be obnoxious about it she's very she's very cute about it but it's it's a fun little clip We have no shortages of reviews for the brand new iPhone 15s, the 15 Ooh. Pros, the Pro Max. And I like reading pretty much all of the reviews, Jeff, good or bad. But when somebody like Paul Thorat <laughs> reviews an <laughs> iPhone, I kind of perk up a little bit. For any of that buddy that don't know, um, we've been following Paul Thorat. He is a journalist that has been in the industry for many, many, many years, very well respected. But he mostly focuses on windows and all things microsoft uh he's been fair he's very fair i think in all these years that you know he does use some 
Max, just so that he can make sure that he's very well-rounded in this. But I thought this was a really nice review that he did here. And like you said in your in your uh, post today, Jeff, I don't agree with everything he points out, but I take that with, hey, this is Paul Surratt, and he's kind of coming at this from a little bit of a different angle. Yeah, and it's interesting to read it for, you know, Paul, he sort of came to um, fame from running the super site for Windows, I think it was called, but yeah. it started in the late 90s. He's been doing this for forever. Right. And and he he was a very much diehard Microsoft person, uh, Microsoft phones when Still Microsoft is. was making the phones right. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, but it was a couple of years ago that he started to uh, use Apple iPhones just because they were so dominant and, and I believe iPads as well. And he has now gone back and forth. In fact, he reveals in the article that he had been using another iPhone and then he switched to the Google Pixel right. and then he switched back to the 15 Pro Max to see and so I always enjoy reading um, reviews from people that not only have a different perspective of using both Android and iPhone, but also come from a different perspective of the Windows world versus the Mac world. I mean, obviously, I, I yeah. would guess that there's probably more people using iPhones that have Windows as their primary computer than use Mac just because of the Mac small, uh, smaller market share, or at least there's probably certainly a whole bunch of them. I mean, and there's people like me that use both. They use Windows at, right. at work right. and I use Mac at home. And so- you know, when you come from sort of a Windows focus, you can't help but being a little more focused on things like feeds and speeds. I mean, so for example, right. he's curious how much <laughs> memory the iPhone has, which is something, I mean, to be fair, Apple does sell computers that have different memory amounts, but when it comes right. to the iPhone and the iPad, Apple doesn't talk about how much RAM it has because from Apple's right. perspective, it doesn't matter. You know, it has what it needs. But, you know, he wants to focus on the fact that last year it had six gigabytes of RAM and yep. that this year this it has right eight here. gigabytes of RAM. And I'm sure that right. that does make a difference, you know, for certain tasks when you have more RAM, it's going to work better. But again, Apple, it's not like Apple sells two versions of the, well, actually other versions of the iPhone may have less RAMs from, from that <laughs> standpoint, but you can't get like the 15 Pro Max with eight gigs or the 15 pro max with 16 gigs you know there's no right. differentiation from that standpoint so it's an interesting perspective that he offers there and the other thing that i thought was interesting was his comparison of the cameras because the yeah. um you know the iphone cameras have been good for a while now they're really just best in class to the point that so many people just don't see a need to use a dslr except for very specialized uses um and the big news this year is that for this bigger model you get the 5x lens which i have been having just such great use with um so many different times I mean, it's not yeah. something i use all the time but when you're in a circumstance when you need it you you're like it. so thrilled to have it and so I have seen really nothing but really good reviews about it. But Paul's review was a little more subdued. I mean, first of all, mm -hmm. he said that the um, he found that the colors were more washed out in his yeah, 5X pictures than the regular ones. And, yeah. um, you know, I have to admit, I haven't really noticed that. But the t I will tell you, and, and admittedly, he doesn't have an outdoor picture, although it's a hazy day. But the time that I've really been using the 5X a lot is when I'm outdoors on a sunny day. So I have to admit, they've been really mm, good okay. conditions. But those have been the times where I often want to get really close. Um, but then again, I just the other day, my daughter was playing basketball and I was taking some video using the 5X camera. And um, I have to admit, I almost got too close to it. So I didn't do a lot of it, but just to have like a little <laughs> okay. bit of video that was really close. I mean, because you focus on the players so much, um, depending upon where you're sitting, you know, you can't see the overall action on the basketball court. But for just for just a couple shots, it was fun to have some of those. And um, and that was an indoor environment. And I didn't really notice any problem with the color or anything. So but to each his own, it's just worth the notice. And then another thing that's yeah. worth noting is that by coming from the pixel cameras and stuff yes. um although i don't know about the pixel specifically but i know that many of the android phones um go even beyond 5x they have 10x cameras and you know samsung right, has one right. of these that's even more and of course when you get to those really really big numbers 
you talk about compromises. I mean, you have to hold your phone so ridiculously um, steady. And, you know, there's lots of other things too. I think that Apple feels that the best magnification that they could get without it being too annoying is 5X. Right. Doesn't mean that there won't be a time in the future where Apple does some wizardry to optical image stabilization that they feel they can go even higher than 5X. But I think that's as, as, as far as they feel that they can go today. And so maybe someone like Paul Thorat that's that's already used cameras that claim to offer 10X and everything else, he's not as impressed. So again, I, I, it's, everybody has a right to their own opinion. It's just interesting sure. to see his because it's one of the few of the big iPhone reviews that I've seen that is a little nonplussed about the camera improvements. Whereas for me, that's actually one of the big improvements. Um, overall though, he's a huge fan of it and he concludes it's, yeah. you know, the best, best, best smartphone that's out there. So, um, you know, anyway, I, I enjoyed reading his review. Right. Well, he even said, he's like, when, when he saw what Apple was doing with the iPhone 15 pro max camera system, he says, I knew I had to give it a shot. So like, that's what drew him in. True. And Good point. just because I, yeah. And I followed Paul for so many years, like you have, and it's like, we know how fair he is and how you know thorough he is and his reviews. He reminds me a little bit, you know, or at least I, I think of the reviews from like Marquez Brownlee, right? MKBHV, DHD, sure. whatever it is, Marquez. But he's just so, because Marquez uses so many different he's phones. Like he has right. He has such a good perspective on some on being able to compare that. And that's what I enjoyed, I think, a little bit about going through here is that uh, like, while I don't agree, like one of the pictures here that caught my eye, which I think is a great looking picture, by the way. I don't even know where this is, but he says this is a typical iPhone photo and it's outdoors. It's like, it looks like a little sidewalk path or something. He goes, it's accurate, but a bit dull to my eyes. <laughs> and, and I looked at that. I'm like, I think that's a great picture, but I, you know, I am picture. not a person. Right. You know, some people <laughs> like their cameras to sort of pump things up a little bit, but I will tell uh -huh. you though, I do often, even though I, I tend to like the, um, the way that the iPhone pictures look, very often when I go into the photos app on my iPhone or my iPad, I will use, you know, that little magic. I don't know what it's called. It's the, it's the little, uh, the, the, the magic something button. Let's see oh, what it's called. Yeah. yeah. The, the it's magic. like a little, uh, magic wand, right? Magic wand. Exactly. About? If you well, just tap, that's what it's called, but <laughs> whatever it's called, if you just tap the magic wand once it will yeah. often, it does a whole bunch of changes, but it often yeah. sort of makes things brighter and more to life. And for some pictures, I actually think, Oh no, 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 that, that goes too far. But for other right, pictures, right, I'm like, right. Oh yeah, that gives it a little bit more life. And you can of course go in and adjust the individual sliders if you want. But if you do feel right. that there are pictures that are perhaps a little bit too flat for your or um, just just try the magic wand button because oftentimes just hitting that one button will, will solve all of those problems. And then if you want to go in further, you can. Um, another thing, you know, while we're on that topic, you know, if there's yeah. one, and I'd be curious to hear about from you too, Brett, but if there's one slider that I use more than others when I'm adjusting pictures in the photos app, it's the shadows slider. Because although oh, the iPhone yeah. does a fantastic job versus just five years ago of having both the person that's in the forefront and the things in the background, you know, getting good mm -hmm. range, you know, sometimes you will have a brighter background and the people that are in the front of the picture look a little bit darker than you would might want like their faces. And I find that sometimes if I go into the shadows feature, and again, the, the magic uh, paintbrush often takes care of this auto on its own. But if I want to go a little further, if I just use the shadows um, lever, I can often bring out the light a little bit more on the person. If you go too far, it looks right. um, unrealistic. But, um, but that's, that's probably the one that I use the most if I make changes um what what do you if you I, ever edit photos do anything that you use more than well others? that's the thing honestly i get in here <laughs> and i see the magic wand and i'm like that looks great there, mm -hmm. i think i'm counting 15 different sliders that you can change in yeah. here jeff and that just overwhelms me 
I just, you know, I know, I, I know brightness, and I and I could probably figure that out, and I could maybe figure out like um, contrast. <laughs> to me, those are two terms that mean something to mm -hmm. me. But like tint and saturation and black point and warmth and sharpness. I mean, okay, sharpness I could kind of get. The point is, is like I get in there and I see those, and I just like, oh, that's that's just too much. But every once in a while, when I do have a little bit of time, it is fun to kind of see how you can really just make that picture i say sharper but i mean that in a bigger context and like wow mm -hmm. that just really pops like the colors pop it's you know it is a little it, it makes for a better picture and we've talked about this i know a little bit on the podcast as well but yeah i just don't use those pretty often mm -hmm. but i am always thrilled that they are i'm glad that they're there and what it real also makes me think of is i remember back in the day jeff would we would have to pull a photo into like photoshop right like we didn't have any of these onboard tools yeah. to be able to do this or if we did they were very minimal and it just it continues to amaze me how much power that we have even on board on the phone to be able to just make those simple little adjustments and they they make it look even better yeah you know i should say before we move on that you know i say that the shadows and the magic wand are my number one adjustments you know actually my number one adjustment is just the cropping tool because i find yeah, that you know, sometimes you yeah, just yeah. take a picture and just by make just by making a slight crop just coming in just a little bit or maybe just getting the focus a little bit it, it often makes a huge difference in um the power yeah. or the usefulness of a photograph just to have it a, a little bit more tightly cropped um you know you don't see Absolutely. it when you're in the field taking the picture but then once you look at it on your ipad or your iphone you see oh you know i don't really need all this extra stuff around so that's probably the number one thing i do is crop Something else that I don't use a lot on my phone is the home app. <laughs> we've, we've talked about uh, automating your home. We've talked about HomeKit quite a bit. You are into this. The only thing that I do have in my home app right now is my smart uh, thermostat, right? I could access mm -hmm. that, even though there's a separate app that I typically will go and do right. this. But because of that, I was thrilled to see this link today, which I pretty much call HomeKit 101. <laughs> Seriously. This was, uh, what is this? It's the ambient.com, Apple mm -hmm. HomeKit, everything you need to know about living in an Apple home. I have saved this and bookmarked it already. Yeah, it's worth reading. If if you if you know that you have an interest in doing something with the smart home in the future, but you really haven't gotten very far with it, like you Brett, maybe just have one thing or maybe two things, right. this is a great, because this is a fantastic overview of the technologies he talks about the distinctions between HomeKit and, you know, the Matter Standard, which is coming out in the future. And he makes recommendations for some of the, you know, best manufacturers, you know, people like Lutron and Eve and, and Belkin, you know, co companies that we're familiar with that do a very nice job with some of their HomeKit uh, stuff. Because right. some companies don't make things that work with HomeKit, even though they make things for the smart home. So, I mean, if you just read through right. this article, like you say, it's a 101 article. And even if you know a little bit about HomeKit, that doesn't mean that you know everything yeah. about HomeKit. So I enjoyed reading through it just to like hear about some specific devices that I haven't used. Um, so it's uh, it's it's it was it was a good read, and it's it's a nice resource to have available or to recommend to somebody else. Yeah, there was one quote in here somewhere I just remember looking that he just he just made a comment like you know it's not it's not the easiest standard to deal with apple home kit that is. i think in i know the words, quote you're talking about yeah, what yeah, he says yeah. is it's not the easiest standard for manufacturers because right. to meet apple specifications I mean. including the matter right. specifications they have to do a lot for security and stuff like that right. you don't want somebody just driving by the front of your house and turn it on and off your air conditioner or your lights or stuff like that and so it's as right. i understand it if you're a manufacturer you actually have to do your work in, in following these standards. But what he says in this article, and what I agree with is the flip side of it is from the user standpoint, it tends to make things easier to use. Now, don't get me wrong, HomeKit can still be confusing at times, but 
Um, because so much complexity is required by Apple to get that certification that it works with HomeKit, it means that from the user perspective, you know, it will often just work, which it is sort of the Apple yeah. way. You know? Right, right. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and the other thing I loved about here is that he goes through, I think you already mentioned some of this, the individual manufacturers, like the Philips, mm -hmm. the Ecobee Smart Thermostats, the Eve. Like, this is just great to be able to have a lot of this in one place. So thank you yeah. for uh, for linking to that. Uh, the announcement that we have been waiting for for quite a while, um, I am, uh, uh, Apple apparently had a, a blank space in their listing, and now finally we, in, in pure Apple style, we are now out of the woods that we know Apple Music's Artist of the Year, and that would be, of course, the indomitable Taylor Swift. <laughs> What's the, what is the last name? Swift? Swift, Swift, Taylor Swift, Swift, is that yes. her name? Okay, Swift, I'll have to look in Swift her, yeah. Yes, yeah, Taylor <laughs> Swift. Uh, as in as I actually saw this, I knew this because it popped up on my phone screen. I don't know if you got the same thing, but you know, I, I don't know if it was Apple music plus as a subscriber or not, but they were like pumping this out pretty big. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't know they had a press release about this. Uh, I will say that, uh, I have, um, also added to a few of the, uh, the, uh, the plays <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Cause my daughter, just like, I think yours as well, Jeff, they were very, very happy that this was coming out. This is Taylor's version that was most recently released, right? Of, uh, 1989. But, uh, who boy, man, it's just like the Taylor Swift craziness is not over yet. Yeah, I think it's actually deserved too. You know, she really is a good, you know, so much of the, you know, younger people like her. My, my daughter loves her and stuff like that. But I have to admit, I, I will sometimes put a Taylor Swift song on too. I mean, there, there's, she's, she's the real deal. She's a good artist. It's she's catchy. A good stuff. You know, just the other day, I, I noticed somebody had a video of when uh, Taylor Swift did the, uh, the Saturday Night Live and her monologue was a song and it was very clever. And, um, she's, she's really smart and, you know, give her all the credits. Have you ever seen, by the way, Brett, they, they've had the Apple Artist of the Year for a number of years now. Have you ever seen the right. award that they give to the artists it's it's Ooh. interesting if do, do a search for like uh apple music artists of the year award and you'll see it, it you know traditionally someone if they had like a gold record or a platinum record yeah. they would get like a big poster that would have like a, the actual record that would be like in gold or in platinum or something like that and what apple has done for a number of years now for the awards is they have it's a it's a circle of an apple like the apple chips like the like the m3 chip or the yeah, you know i don't right. know if it's the computer chip or the iphone chip or whatever it is and they actually have like a huge circle that's about the size of a traditional record and it's it's within glass and um or, or some sort of a sort of a see-through thing yeah, i'm trying to see actually, if i can find a picture of it it's it's not on this yeah. page if you just do oh, a okay, search for okay. just do a search for apple artist of the year award and you'll see a picture of it they're pretty stunning because they they look cool because they're computery because you actually have the actual computer chips in there and um you know they haven't given away too many of these over the years this is probably only on another fourth or fifth year that they've done oh it. my goodness but, um, wow that's pretty big oh that's yeah. right okay i remember it now i see it over here yeah they are, they and, are uh, cool. yeah it looks it looks like a big chip but yeah people are very happy uh, mm -hmm. about that apparently they pose with them i don't see taylor swift posing with hers i don't uh, think that she's yet. been presented with it yet so yeah. i think that's why oh, okay you know she's got a little going <laughs> on right now with her tour and stuff like that but we have the announcement it, so <laughs> it just occurred to me that this is such a perfect opportunity that Apple has a, uh, a uh, what would you call it? a development language? What 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 is Swift sure. called? It's their development it language called Swift. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
Can't we do something here? Come on, Apple. The I Apple Taylor Swift well, student actually, maybe challenge. Apple does have the money to actually afford the, <laughs> the naming rights, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have this happen. Apple, you know, I, I tell you what, if Taylor Swift would start uh, developing with the Swift language, I bet there'll be a lot more kids that'll be coding <laughs> for something like that. That's great. Apple pencils, uh, good and bad. I love my Apple Pencil second generation that has the magnet for my Apple iPad Pro. But we talked about this, what, a few weeks ago, that Apple released a new pencil called the Pencil USB-C. And it really looked like the first generation pencil. It was such an odd option that Apple pulled here, Jeff. And we talked about this already. We don't need to belabor that. But we're not alone in kind of looking a little squirrely at this. Like, why in the world? Other than it was kind of a shot at sort of a maybe, I don't want to say lower end in a negative way, but the lower end market of just like, hey, if people just want the basic iPad, but they still want a pencil, this could be an option because it is a little less expensive than the current second generation Apple Pencil. Yeah, sure. You get what you pay for. If you want to have the deluxe model and pay more, go for it. Um, but if you don't want to spend that much because you don't know how much you're going to use an Apple Pencil, you can get the Apple Pencil USB-C and it's only, what, $79, I think. And, yes, um, right. It, um, th th this week, we actually have people that have actually held their hand, you know, held one in their hands and done reviews. And the right. one new thing that I've seen this week is uh, people like the, um, this review that you have on the screen right here that Andrew O'Hara wrote. He describes, yeah. and this is no surprise because you know that Apple sweats the details, the way that this pencil works is if you pull the top the, right. the, the end of it like what i would think of the eraser side if you pull oh, it back cap. it exposes yeah, yeah. a usb-c um port but it's not just something that slides up and down as as this points out in his video if you um if you pull it it sort of has magnets sort of sort of snaps open and sort of snaps yeah. close and it seems like it's a very satisfying snap that I have no doubt that people that have these pencils will be playing with that all the time, just opening it and closing yeah. it, opening and closing it. And, uh, yeah, and again, yeah, you know, same. you know that if Apple is going to do it, they're going to do it. Even though it's a, a less expensive product, they're still going to put the engineering hours into it to have it done really, really well. So there's, there's, there's nothing, you know, chintzy about it. It's, it's, it's nicely done. Um, and yeah, even though you can get all the little... features. Yeah. yeah, this this little video here from Andrew is, is great to watch because he compares it to his first generation Apple Pencil where <laughs> the cap does come all the way off. And, he and in fact, he's lost it. Lost, he's lost <laughs> exactly. that cap a long since ago. So he does a good job of showing how this little retractable cap, you know, stays on. It's like magnetized, I think, mm -hmm. but it's also spring loaded, he said. So it like snaps mm -hmm. right back on. That's genius. Like you said, that's just really nice that even on kind of a lower end type of a product like this, that Apple is putting that much time and effort into it so that, that was, was a good yeah review. so that was the new yeah. details that we learned this week about this pencil is that we learned about how the uh, the cap at the back works and it works very well but you linked to another review about another product a name that i haven't that i have not actually heard from in a long time this is adonit that we used to use the adonit stylus size stylized stylized back in the day jeff before apple had the stylus themselves the apple pencil and i'm thrilled to know that they are continuing to kick really hard in this market but now there's the adonit note plus two uh that you linked to a review which wow this is not a bad option here. No, it really is a pretty good option. Adonit's been doing styluses for a very long time. And although I'm sure their business went down considerably when Apple came out with the Apple Pencil, right. they haven't stopped. And so the newest version of the Note, which is nice because it's their, their it's, it's very similar in size to the Apple Pencil in terms of the width and everything else like that. And uh, mm -hmm. the new version uh, has the same trick 
as that low-end Apple Pencil we were just talking about, that although it doesn't charge, uh, it does have magnets in it so it can attach to the top oh, of an iPad. So it's okay. not going to charge while it's up there, but it's a nice place to just sort of put your iPad when you're working so that it doesn't roll around your desk and it's conveniently available. So, you, you know, you have that same feature with both the low-end Apple Pencil and this new Adonant Note. Um, both of them charge via USB-C. So that's the mm -hmm. same. It doesn't, I don't think it has quite as elegant of a solution as the Apple Pencil, but, you know, it does work. Um, but it has some things, uh, the Apple Pencil has an advantage in that you can take this new low-end Apple Pencil and hover it above the screen yeah, and it will actually right. give you a preview of what it's about to do, which is something that, that, um, that mine does not do. Cause I don't have the newest uh, iPads to support that feature. My pencil does it, but not my iPad. Um, right. but on the flip side, this Adonit product has some interesting features as well. Like for example, it's pressure sensitive, which the low end Apple pencil is not, and not it has a little rocker switch on it. So just like on an Apple pencil, you can double tap to change the tool. You could do something oh, with an actual nice. physical switch, which I could imagine some people might, prefer that even over the high end um app of uh, even over right. the high end um pencil just to have an actual physical switch to to change tools so i do think it's a legitimate um thing to consider the last time that i reviewed uh, one of these products it was sort of in the um in the pandemic in fact i think i have it right in front of me that it was an atomic note that had a built-in feature to um to have a uh something in it that it had, has like a little filter that you could uh, like UV rays. And the idea is you can oh. clean things with it. Um, oh, and I did a review okay. of this a couple of years ago, but um, so this is an older version, but it works well. And you know, the tip on these, on the Adonits work really well. Now I'll note that I have never, you know, Apple pencils come with yeah. replaceable tips. I have never Correct. in my life replaced the tip. Have you ever replaced a tip? Either. on? Nope. Yeah. Nope. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I use mine so extensively and I've just never really noticed the tip wear down. Um, right. I, I've heard some people speculate that maybe the Adonit tips um, uh, will wear down over time a little bit more than the Apple ones, but they come with replacement tips. That's fine. And in yeah, fact, this do. new product right. that we're talking about, it comes with three levels of tips. So you have like a real soft one or a medium Ooh. or a hard. So if you have a preference okay. over how it feels in your screen, you can actually adjust the tips to change for that. So, um, so again, I mean, Adonits are true, good alternatives to Apple pencils. They work really good on the screen. I, you know, something about me always feels like you get the absolute best results on the screen with the Apple Pencil, but the difference between yeah. that and the Adonit is so slight. And some of the other advantages, or even just the cost, it's $10 cheaper. It's the, you yeah. know, one of the che cheapest, but really nice stylus styluses that you can buy. So um, I'm glad to see that Adonit's still out there um, as an Absolutely. option. Uh, I was just going to put in another quick word for the original Apple Pencil first iteration. I was watching my son yesterday. He was writing some notes for school. He's got an older iPad that does have a lightning port in it still. And he is still using that first generation Apple Pencil, Jeff. And he was doing great. I mean, he's just basically taking basic notes, right? He's not doing anything crazy, not drawing or not doing anything that, you know, he needs pressure sensitivity necessarily or anything, but he loves it. I mean, it's just, it's doing exactly what he needs. And I, when I looked at him yesterday, I was like, just amazed again, how that these products will continue to live on. You know, somebody was asking me like, do you need another iPad? And and I'm like, well, if you've got one in the last year or two, you probably not. I mean, the iPads are just so good. And we've talked about this a little bit to almost the detriment of Apple. Like 
people aren't going to upgrade necessarily all the time. Uh, hopefully that'll change. <laughs> like we'll hopefully see one in the next year, but I'm still so happy with my, my iPad pro that I've had for now, almost about two years. And it just continues to work anyway, just that he was using that first generation Apple pencil. That's still an option. I don't know if mm -hmm. Apple is necessarily selling them still, but I know that you can find them in other places. Apple is still but selling yeah. them because they still yeah. have that one model of the iPad, the cheapest iPad available that has the lightning. So that, that, yeah. that, that, that still requires it. So I mean, have in okay. fact, before we okay. leave the top, of styluses bread if you want to really walk down memory lane you know the early days of the ipad and this was before yeah. apple made the ipad work with any uh with any stylus uh adonic came up with this fantastic stylus idea that it had oh, like and i'm that has I'm, the <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I know you remember this, but for folks listening, I'm holding up to the camera. It had a, a clear disc at the end of it and that was attached to a very something that looked like a pen point. And so you yeah. had the, the illusion of writing with the fine point pen. But because the iPad wasn't made, the original ones to you know accept anything like that, it had that thick, clear uh, circle at the end of it. So that yeah. the circle would be about the size as, as the tip of your and oh, gosh, I got so much work done with this stylus way back when I, I loved too. it so much. So that's and this is an Adonit product, too. So, the, you know, from the very beginning days of the iPad, the they have been working hard to help you to use a stylus with an iPad. That is so funny. Yeah, I, I think I still have mine around somewhere. But I remember when we've been together at conferences before that that what we, we've actually uh, uh, used that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. Well, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Jeff, Lit Software, which is somebody that we've known for a long time, almost as long as the Adonit uh, stylus that you were just Absolutely, showing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I remember being at conferences, we were talking about both of those. Lit Software is a developer that we've known for a long time that basically provides uh, apps mostly for the iPad, although most of these apps work on Macs as well now They today. do indeed, yeah. They are mostly for attorneys, although, as we talked about before, they can be used by anybody. You're not restricted to just having to be a lawyer of some kind. But some of the ways that they're designed are specifically meant for like trial presentations, right? In a courtroom, uh, there's Doc Review Pad, which is for reviewing documents if you have to produce them in a litigation matter. Uh, trial Pad is the presentation uh, app that they have. But one that I know you and I have talked about quite a bit is called Transcript Pad. And Transcript Pad is basically for managing, reviewing, uh, tagging transcripts that may come out of like a deposition or a court hearing or some kind of a proceeding, which is important for us to review things that people have talked about and discussed. And uh, that is it, extremely important for a lot of litigators that they use. And one of the things that they announced not too long ago, because you um, about a month ago now reviewed the transcript pad app that now has an update to let you sync video, edit video clips and export the videos out of the transcript pad app. Here's your review from October 16, which I thought you did a fantastic job of going through what are the new updates and features that you can anticipate from this app. You know, for the longest time when lawyers worked with uh, depositions, you would always have a court reporter there who would, you know, write down everything that was said. And that black right. and white transcript would be the Bible. I mean, that would be what was right. said. But we all know from real life that, you know, Sometimes it's not just what you say, but it's the way that you say it, or it's the pause. But, you know, how long did it take for you to think of an answer to a question or make it look like you were trying to come up with something right. that was not the answer because you didn't want to have the answer? You know, so those 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 nonverbal clues can be so important. And so that's why, you know, for years now, people have been doing video depositions, which are more expensive sometimes because you have to get a professional. You know, I guess I guess you have to get a professional videographer. I haven't really looked into it the helps. legality of just, yeah. you know, setting up an iPhone and recording it yourself and how that would work in terms <laughs> of uh, do that, right? yeah, authentic. <laughs> 
authenticity and stuff like that. But the point is that oftentimes you have these video depositions, but then you want to be able to work with them. And what I love about Transcript Pad is I just right here on my iPad, much like I have all of my documents associated with a lawsuit, I can have all of my depositions associated with the lawsuit, everybody's name. And now I can easily import the video that's associated with those depositions. So as I'm reviewing depositions, I can not just see the words, but as the words are scrolling on the screen, I can at the very top see the video synced with it and I can watch yeah. the person talk. And so I can hear them and I can find those instances in which the way that they said something makes a difference. And so I'm like, gosh, you know, I want to have this clip ready for trial because if this person tries to give me a different answer at trial, I want the jury from an impeachment standpoint, not just to see what they said before, not, not just to see the words they said before, but actually see them on the screen saying it. So with Transcript Pad, not only can you have the video, but it has these great export tools that you can say, okay, I want to take, you know, these clips um, and I can, you know, much like for any transcript use, you can cut out the parts that are relevant, like when lawyers are putting objections in the record and stuff. So you <laughs> right, can just have right. the relevant part that you would present to the jury or to the judge or in a mediation or wherever else, or just to your client, wherever else you're going to be uh, using it. And you can say, I want to start here. I want to end here. And although, frankly, I thought that that's all that software was going to do is just, you know, you could start here, you can stop there. Right. They went one step further and they made this even better because you can then fine tune it that when you go into an editing screen, yeah. At the very bottom, they have like waveforms so that you can see when a word starts and when a word stops just from the little, you know, waveform action. And so I can actually say like, I want to precisely start the clip right yeah. here. So, you know, either right before or right after an um or a cough or whatever. Yeah. And I want to go until right here. And so you can make these incredibly precise clips that are exactly what you want and then export it to a video and then just right there on your iPad, just like in your photos app, or you can save it in your files app, wherever else you want to have it. Then you have this video that's just ready to go. This is ready to play. And it's got yeah. the person at the top. It's got the words at the bottom because I, I should have mentioned that one of the cool features of this add-on is that it does speech to text uh, changes. And so it's got the words, it's got the person, you can see what they say, it scrolls as they speak. I mean, this is really cool stuff. And it's the sort of stuff that you used to have to pay a professional um, a lot right. of money to do. Plus they would do it. And then you want to change your designations for trial and you got to hire them again. And if you're, if you know, you're like me, you know, you're in the middle of a trial and you're making changes the night before, you know, you don't want to have to go wake that person up at 10 o'clock at night and pay right. them to make right. a change. You know, you just want to do it yourself and get it done or have your paralegal do it and get it done. So uh, this is an incredibly powerful tool that it's like one of it's like so many things in life. Once you have this, you're like, why did we not have this? All? I mean, of course we want this. This is like so amazing. Right. And it's just like another feature that they've come out with in Transcript Pad, which is an app that's been around for forever. And it just continues yeah. to get these major new features. So um, so this is a cool new feature. But I also, you know, hats off to the company because it shows how they just continue to enhance their products in incredible new ways. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, put the links here in the show notes to two uh, blog posts that they have about syncing and editing, and also your review, which I think is just good. But yeah, their blog posts great... are good though because I walked through them, yeah. and that that totally teaches you. Well, how you to get do sort it. of good overview, and then that these mm -hmm. blog posts, are, like you said, there's even the screenshots here about using those waveforms and getting a little more specific. So, thank you, Lit Software, for. Uh, walking alongside of us and supporting the uh, podcast. This is great. We're pretty big fans of that. If you have any questions about using any of the apps in the Lit Software Suite, which is about four apps right now and hopefully more coming soon, be sure to reach out to us. We're very happy to always talk about anything and our friends at uh, Lit Software. So thank you for the support there. 
Where you at segment, Jeff? Where you at? You wow, we 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 I think we got four or five here. There's a lot of three, them today, yeah. Three on the Apple Watch. Las Vegas man credits Apple Watch for saving his life. I think this gentleman, unfortunately, was a diabetic. He fell, and sure enough, the Apple Watch not only called 911, but he couldn't talk or he couldn't speak, it looks mm-hmm. like it sounds like. And so uh, but because of his Apple Watch, the 911 dispatcher was able to target through GPS exactly where this man was, and they were able to come and help him out. Yeah, so this is an example of the Apple Watch talking for you. You know, it's your yeah, aid. When, right. you, when you couldn't do it yourself, it calls emergency services. It lets them know exactly where you're located, and it gives Amazing. you an, it gives them an indication of what's going on. And again, we we see these stories all the time. But you know, every single per- time it happens is another person who potentially could have died, but for the Apple Watch right. being there at the right place at the right time. Number two, I think this is from uh, that first one, maybe Las Vegas, I believe. This mm-hmm. this lady is in Oklahoma, right? And the Apple Watch said, "Hey, things don't look exactly good for your heart rhythm." I think it basically told her she was in AFib, right? Uh, but she didn't think too much of it. <laughs> apparently, she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm just not feeling good." Sure, you know, the Apple Watch says that, but okay, I, you know, it's not it's not a doctor. I, I got to get some work. I got some meetings to go to. Fortunately. Fortunately, her boss was like, uh, you should go see a doctor. And she did. <laughs> and thank goodness she did. Yeah. The doctor says that if you had waited the entire weekend, you know, it, you may have died. I mean, it was, you know, you had some serious heart issue here that they wanted to take care of right away. And so this is the right. other great example of the Apple Watch. Just give you a warning <laughs> of something that something may just be off here and uh, and you want to take a look at it. So um it's uh, you know, whether it's whether it's an emergency type situation like the one in Las Vegas, or whether it's just a really important heads up like this, um, right. good reasons to have an Apple Watch. But those are just the backgrounds. I mean, so the the, the next no one I kidding. thought was the real stunning story. Incredible. Um, like those are stories about other people. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a reporter actually telling his experience in crashing and the Apple Watch saving his life, complete with gruesome, bloody pictures and all. <laughs> yeah. So Daniel Aaron Dozier, who's been doing Apple Review, I mean, he writes the stories that I link to all the time. Um, right. He's written for a number of places, including here, Apple Insider, which although he actually hasn't written something for about a year or two for them, but it was nice to see him back. But he's been writing for them for, gosh, a decade or something. And, um, you know, he was just describing that he he had had a, he had a car somewhere, but he wasn't using it. He had rented a scooter to try to, you know, get from wherever he was to his car. Right. To and, the car, um, right. Just going along and something happens. He doesn't exactly know what happened because right. all he knows is that he, you know, one moment he's using a scooter and then he wakes up and he's in the hospital. And like, what happened? And apparently there was a crash. <laughs> Did a car run into him? Did his scooter hit the curb and he flipped over? But apparently um, something happened on a bridge that was over an overpass. Right, and he's right, on the ground bleeding out, which if, if, if nobody had gotten to him, he would have died from bleeding out. And fortunately, the watch detecting the crash called emergency services, got the police out there, got the ambulance Amazing. out there. They, they put him into it. And so he comes to in the hospital is like, where am I and what in the world happened? Right. And of course, it's a it's a successful end for him. And you know, hopefully he will be OK. But you I mean, if he had been out there for hours without anybody doing anything or knowing anything, you know, that would you know, that would be the end. So, you know, we all hope that we're never in one of these situations where you get into a car crash or a crash on a bike or, or, or this type of a situation. Right. But gosh, it sure is nice to know that your Apple Watch is just right there looking out for you in case they ever need to call 911. Um, I mean, as I noted in my article, you know, my, my daughter got an Apple Watch for her birthday uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And so now nice. all four people in my immediate family have Apple Watches. And I hope mm-hmm. that we never have to have one of these stories. But <laughs> 
it's you know i i wouldn't wear an apple watch just for this i mean it has all the other advantages of course but this certainly is a nice um a nice reason to be happy you have an apple watch i know when i was reading the story i remembered other stories we've talked about where this crash detection has false alerts on ski lifts and roller coasters and at the very end he says you know i'm actually glad that apple doesn't restrict crash detection to just car accidents because he was on a scooter and he was going that he talked about the in the story here how i'm just glad that it's just not restricted to cars like i'm glad that they're it's a little bit more expansive than just car accidents and i thought the most telling photo was at the very end here yeah this isn't a bloody <laughs> one so you can look at it but he's showing a picture of his apple watch on his wrist with all of the scratches like he obviously hit the pavement or the ground or the asphalt or something so hard well you can see the other picture of his face up above if you want to but, but this looks just as gruesome to me is the apple watch is all scratched up but it still worked <laughs> even with it all getting all banged up that's just an amazing story so if, if this happened to you brett would you get the new apple watch to have a nice clean face or would you keep <laughs> the scratches as a badge of honor like you know this this shows that it saved my life i don't know i'd have to absolutely think about that. well I'd, i, I just i like that. it the story you know he's talking about how you know he woke up and he's getting stitches up in his you know his upper eye because you know his 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 eye got busted open <laughs> and i'm like I, I just want people to protect my Apple Watch, you know? <laughs> like, I'll make sure that I'll get stitches later. Like, hey, I just want to make sure my Apple Watch is okay. That's how yeah. bad it would be for me. <laughs> One more thing before we leave that story. He yeah. had mentioned in there yeah. that, you know, there are sometimes false alarms for the Apple Watch. And he mentioned the right? examples of right. what ski lifts and stuff like that. I remember in the very earliest Apple Watch days when they had crash detection, I received maybe one or two false alarms. I forget right. what I was doing. One time I was just walking to my car and I didn't understand it. It's been years. It's been a very, very long yeah, time it's since better. I have gotten any false detections. I, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't happen, but I really think that Apple knew that false positives and false negatives was a problem, oh, and yeah. they've tweaked the algorithm. Oh, and absolutely. I, I don't think it's an issue anymore. I mean, not not for most people. So that's great. I agree. I agree completely. And I would say we, we I remember specifically that we talked about this when we laughed at those stories about roller coasters and stuff, mm -hmm. because all it took was for the Apple Watch crash detection to get out into the wild. And Apple gets all of this feedback, probably anonymous. I'm, I mm -hmm. trust that. And once they get this feedback, they can tell the differences in this. Right. So we knew that that was going to be even better. And oh, oh, my goodness, I forgot. I can't go from this story without like this public service announcement down at the bottom that he says, because he had emergency contacts in his Apple Watch. Not only does the Apple Watch, you know, they'll call 911, but they will also connect with your emergency contacts. And he said he had his emergency contacts set up, but they were old phone numbers, right? Isn't uh, that what he said in here, Jeff? Yeah, They were exactly old right. phone numbers in here. So, and, and he says, Apple isn't gonna go through <laughs> your Rolodex and say, hey, is there an updated phone number for John Smith? No. You need to make sure that you go, and, and that's what he says in the PSA here, go into your emergency contacts, make sure that they are up to date with right. the right phone number, the current phone number for the emergency contacts that you have. I thought that was a brilliant way to end the story on this as well. Agreed, agreed. Last where you at, we're moving from Apple Watches now to AirTags. I thought this was good. It's almost like this is going to be something that uh, police departments, you know, they'll hand out like stickers, you know, to come see the canine dog. But hey, also here's an AirTag that you can put into your car. Uh, we just wanted you to be safe with your with your car and belongings. Uh, I, I, I'm almost a little upset that you posted the story today because it led me down a rabbit hole for several minutes. Uh, going through this crazy 
what is it? TikTok Kia kids or car yeah, kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What a crazy, crazy story through all of this. But uh, yeah, that convinced me immediately. I'm going to have air tags in my cars as well. Yeah. Six months ago, you and I talked about a similar story, Brett, where the New York City Police Department yeah. was handing out air tags because of a of a, uh, a wave of car thefts. And now the Washington, D.C. Police Department is doing the same thing. And as you say, they say it because of some TikTok phenomenon that there was a bunch of videos where, where you know, stupid kids were showing on TikTok how you could relatively easily steal a Kia and maybe also a Hyundai. Um, Hyundai you know, if right. you break into the car, you could do something Hyundai. to the drive shaft and expose a right, USB right. port. And you, even if you didn't have a key, if you just put power to the port, you could get the basically jumpstart the car. And so, um, you know, stupid people that didn't even know what they were doing, didn't even know how to drive, were stealing cars. Right. And of course, immediately right. crashing them, lots of property damage and stolen cars. So um, so at least with an AirTag, you can help to recover a, a, a car if it's stolen. And um, I have not oh. been keeping an AirTag in my car in all the years I've had uh -huh. one. But when I saw this, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing it. So I have – I was going to buy another <laughs> AirTag. But then I realized that one of my AirTags I sort of keep in a place that I wasn't really using it very often. So I'm going to put it in my car. I, I have now put it in my car. Again, much like crash detection on my Apple Watch, I seriously hope I never need to use this. But yeah. should my car get stolen, it's nice to know that I can figure out um, – at least I have a chance of figuring out where where it is. My only complaint about AirTags now is I keep needing more. <laughs> I, I had four. I got a four-pack. I've used them all. And if you remember from last week, I had this amazing story where the AirTag helped me to get my That's my, right. uh, my right. suitcase back. And it's like I've got it in my wife's purse, in my, in my daughter's purse. And it's like uh, I'm out. I need more. I need more now. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw this past week. It, just be on the lookout, right? Black Friday's coming up. I saw some of these four packs going for like it was. I think it was less than eighty dollars, Jeff, which yeah. is amazing. So they they keep going down. There's some some pretty good sales. So if we have convinced you over all of these episodes that you might need to get some air tags, be on the lookout for some good pricing this uh, this holiday season. If you need more AirTags, Apple is happy to sell you more. They sure. the, the 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 normal price for a four pack of AirTags is is a hundred bucks, so twenty five dollars right. a piece. Right. Um, you can often find discounts of ninety or eighty five. If, if right. you see them at eighty five, that is that's about as low as they get. I, I think that the most I've ever 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 seen a discount is like seventy nine ninety nine, just that's just right. below eighty dollars. Right. But you know the difference that's between right. eighty and eighty five bucks. We're just talking about oh, you know sure, once sure. you get to that eighty five dollar level, that's sort of the magic. Grab that's going to be a really good price um and again yeah. we're you're only saving a few bucks but if you do want to save a few bucks if you see it get to that 85 or lower worth level it. you know that's that's worth it and the only thing is i would also say if you're at amazon or somewhere else throw in an extra little pack of your 2032 or 2023 yeah whatever the batteries 2032 yeah. batteries the cr2032 batteries just because <laughs> you never know when that's going to go out and if you've got all these air tags you like them it'll tell you when the battery's getting low right i think you mm -hmm. reported on that yep. before as yep, well yep, yep. so just get it a little packet of those with the with without the uh, bitterant coating <laughs> coating on there all right in the know in the here's know. my quick in the know uh, this is Friday, November 10th. Tomorrow is Saturday, November 11th, which is Veterans Day. I think today we kind of acknowledge Veterans Day, but tomorrow is Veterans Day. I am a sucker for these limited edition challenges that Apple Fitness puts <laughs> out, Jeff. I love these little things. Uh, every every Thanksgiving Day, there's usually a little challenge that says, hey, if you go run you know, for two, a mile, will give you this little special badge, which means absolutely nothing to the rest of the world. It's just, I love to collect them on my iPhone. Uh, so 
Tomorrow, there is a Veterans Day Challenge. I believe you only have to work out for 11 minutes. So whatever workout you enjoy doing, if you have an Apple Watch, you have your, your iPhone with you, you can go into your fitness app and you can just do an 11-minute fitness and you will get this Veterans Day limited edition little badge. I call them a badge, but they call them the challenges, right? Uh, you can also, apparently they also come with... Um, uh, these little animated uh, stickers that you can use like in messages, which looks so cute. Uh, if you wanted to go and see if you have any of these, if you go into your iPhone is where I go, go into your fitness app, and then you go to summary down at the bottom left. <laughs> They're really kind of buried in here. But if you scroll down, you'll see a section called awards. You say show more. And then if you go all the way down in your awards, there should be a little section called limited edition challenges. And if you jump in there, I can see I have done the Veterans Day Challenge last year. I did it in 2019. So I got to do it this year. <laughs> so yeah. you can see if you have Apple Fitness, if you have an Apple Watch, you probably have already gotten a little notification uh, today that says tomorrow, just do a workout on Saturday, November 11th for 11 minutes, and you will re receive the limited edition Veterans Day Challenge badge. And I just love, they're so cute. I mean, I've got like the whole little collection here on my they, phone, and they're so much they more cute. colorful than the regular ones. Yeah, I like the little badges. They're, they are fun. I see the first one that I got was in 2017. I got the Veterans yeah. Challenge. I got it in 2017, 2019, 2020, 2022. Oh, I, did, I, I, I did you not get it me. in 2022. I got it in 2021. Um, I'm going to try to get it tomorrow. And you say it doesn't matter, Brett, but I think that if you share <laughs> your activity data with someone else, because you and I share with each other, I yes, think that yes, I might get a notice if you get it and you might get it. So I'm going to be looking out for you, Brett, tomorrow. I'm going to try to get mine. Let's it see does if you get matter yours. now. Okay. So now it's a cop. <laughs> it's good. on. It's on, Brett. Right, let's see who gets it. Who gets it first? I love it. <laughs> a great tip. Um, my tip of the day is uh, is I actually have to thank my brother for this. I had uh, a birthday recently, oh, nice. and you know what do you get for the person that loves Apple products and has you know and has all of them? He got me this uh, thing called the iClear. The the company iClear oh, itself nice. has been out forever. There's a company called uh, yes, Maridru Enterprises. Of that. <laughs> in in the late 1990s, they decided you know if you want to clean equipment but you want to use something that doesn't have alcohol in it, it's not going to damage the electronics. They came up with this formula, um, and they sell it under two brands names for people that use apple products they have the i you know like imac and iphone so it's yep. called i clear and it's clear with the k so i and then clear capital k. k k l e a r and then if they also sell it under something called clear again with the k clear screen i think it's okay. the same product it's just one of them has more of an apple focus so it tells you all the apple products it works with and if you buy clear screen it's perhaps more of a windows you know yeah. android type focus but it's the same product and they come with their microfiber cloths and they come with their spray you know, I always I have an, a microfiber cloth around for cleaning my glasses Same. or wiping down Same. my iPad. But yeah. sometimes, especially on like a monitor, you, you need more than just a dry cloth. You need something that's liquid, but you want to use something that's safe. And I've used this iClear stuff over the years, and then I didn't have one. And yeah. my brother gave me a box for my birthday. And I was so thrilled to have it because suddenly I was cleaning my Apple display at home. I'm going to clean bro. my display here at, the, uh, at right. the office. And it's just nice to have this. And so you can get big bottles. You can get little bottles. They last a super long time. And um, if you, it's just something good to have by. They're not very expensive, and you can keep your stuff clean. And it's not just with a big display, although you can use it with a really big display like you're because they're safe for electronic screens you can use it like with right. your big television in your living room or whatever right but they also you can use it to just just to sort of polish off and clean your your airpods your iphone your you know ipads uh all, all the apple stuff um so it, again yeah. this has been around for a very very long time more than 25 years and it is time tested and works 
great. So I'm thrilled to have I some. still have some of this. I do. I've mm. had it for a long because I, I like using it. it. It you know, some people will say, well, hey, you just have your eyeglass cleaning solution, right? I'm not really sure if that has some of those have alcohol in, in them. Yeah, right. some of them do. And the eye clear, you can see it says ammonia and alcohol free. And that makes a difference. I'll right. tell you the way I, I use this exact, uh, almost exact product. And so thanks to your brother for bringing this up. And I, I will spray some on a rag. And then I'll wipe that wetness on the screen, right? So it like mm -hmm. looks like it's smudging, but then you use a dry corner of that rag or the mm -hmm. little cloth that they have, and you can buff it out. And it really makes a big deal. I remember I got my first bottle at an Apple store. Like they were selling, I don't know if they still do, but they, I, that's where I got I my first do. bottle because yeah. this is what they, this is what they recommend. If you need to clean your screens, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so and funny to see that same bottle. One more thing about it. I mean, there's a million different yeah. kits or different versions you can get, but sure, the one that sure. I got, and I think it's one of the screen, the microfiber cloth, there, there's two different microfiber cloths in there, but one of them, that the one that's more gray, it actually has different sides at it. One side is smooth and the other side oh, is a little rougher okay. and they do that on purpose so that like, you know, if you have a screen that, you know, maybe it's got some food on it or you sneezed on it or something yeah, like that, yeah. you might want to use that just, <laughs> when I say rough, believe me, it's not sandpaper yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, it's just, right, it's got right, a little right. bit more edges. And so you might use that to sort of clean it with the solution. And then when you wipe it dry, use the flip yeah. side of it that's that's dry and that's flatter. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's a silly little thing, but it's a nice little touch and it's a really well thought out product that works great. We, we, we all use it because I, I keep it downstairs because everybody has an iPad or a laptop or something for exactly what you're talking about. And you, you know, it, it, it just does a great job of getting the fingerprints off and everything. Uh, good, good pick. I like that. Thanks bro for mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, we want to say thanks again to also our sponsor for today, Lit Software. Uh, we talked about the Transcript Pad app, but as part of their litigation suite, their Lit Suite, they have the Trial Pad app, Transcript Pad, Doc Review Pad, and Exhibits Pad. Uh, if you are welcome, to, I'll put the links in the show notes so you can go and find out more. But if you have any questions at any time, feel free to reach out to me or Jeff, and we'll be happy to talk to you about it as well. Jeff, thanks again as always, and we'll talk with you next week. Great. See you. See you, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.